0: Welcome to the Almost 30 podcast. I'm Lindsay and I'm Krista, and we're your hosts, guides, and friends on this path. Almost 30 is not about your age, it's about the feeling. All of us are almost something seeking community and resources to support the rumblings of transformation within us. Our conversations are deep dives,
1: shepherded by our insatiable curiosity and desire for connection, enduring inspiration, and a sense of levity that we can all benefit from. We're looking to find the
0: magic in the human experience. Buckle up, baby. Your evolution is waiting. Howdy. Welcome to Almost 30 Podcast. Hi, y'all. It's Lindsay and Krista. Glad you're here. Welcome to the party. Welcome to the party, baby. <laughs> my new thing, when people leave, I say ta-ta. Oh. That's my new phrase nice. and word greetings. So I say greetings when I see people and I say ta-ta when they leave. Oh, I like ta-ta. Me too. Isn't it good? It's it's short like, ta-ta. and simp. It is. Just plain and simple. Ta-ta. See you later. It's like <laughs> bye, because bye is so weird. It's like bye. It feels so final. When you just say ta-ta, mm. you're like ta-ta for now. Totally.
2: What this is why I'm before?
0: single. I feel like I feel like you go through
1: yes. you go through different greetings and different yes. sign offs just in life. But I'm trying to think of your last sign off, just not on the pod, but in person.
0: Later. I don't know. Sometimes we have weird ones where we're like, "See you later." Yes. We do see you later, and you do. It's all good. I stole that one. Yeah, when it's like it's something's embarrassing. Good. Yeah. When it's like something's yeah. embarrassing or or silly, you're like, you know, lost my credit card. It's all good. It's all, yeah. it's all it's good. It's all good. But I do go through idiot. phases of phrases, and I even did that in high school. I was thinking about my high school days when I was with my friends from home recently, and I was like, oh, I even had signatures in high school. Hundred. Oh. That cuts deep. That cuts oh, that, deep. That, that that bled into your twenties, baby. That bled into my twenties. We all did it. It's funny, I was listening to someone, who was it? It was a comedian on a podcast, and he was saying that he remembers when the internet came came on and came around and he was setting up an email and he made the email his name. And he remembers his friends being like, Why are you making the email your name? That's so lame. Like Kind of like calling him out for that. And I even remember, I mean, my first email was Sparkle9614. Like, you know, no one did your actual names. And that's even with our blogs or any social media accounts. You kind of made some like quippy thing. And now it's like the vibe to just sort of have your name be the brand. But what was your Mm -hmm. first email?
1: My first email. Because your AIM name would be your email, right? Yeah, I think it was Linzer Tarts at, at... <laughs> tarts. Mm-hmm. yeah very simple <laughs> plain and straight to the point it was my favorite cookie but it's also my name like lens oh well, what's are the Linser cookie tarts, so oh the cookie is it was at my baby shower it was those like got it kind of look like little
0: flowers with like a raspberry jam I'm in them i was the first to crack into them i know you would they're great they're Me, really, I really love them. Me and your friend, we were like, these are great. They need peanut butter. <laughs> yeah, oh my god, totally. They're like It's a peanut butter and jelly waiting to happen. It's a peanut butter and jelly. So basically it's like this shortbread cookie and then it has like this jam in the middle like Lindsay was saying, and it just needs some it needs a dab of peanut butter and we're good.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, that's my motto lately. Just a little dab of peanut butter. Mm-hmm. dab of peanut butter with everything.
1: Yeah, Linzer tarts. But when I first made that screen name, I did it too fast and like confirmed too fast, and I mixed up the E R and the R E. So I had to had to figure that out. But someone told me they're like, "Hey, why is your screen name that?" And I was like,
0: "Oh my god!" <laughs> like, and when you're that self-deprecation
1: age, to a whole other level. <laughs> so
0: embarrassing. Yeah, mine was Sparkle without, but it was not Sparkle with an E because that was taken. So Sparkle without the E. So it was Sparkle. Totally. Nine six one four and all the older guys called me Spark Plug.
1: Love it. I mean, don't you love a nickname from a group of guys?
0: Totally. Special. Yeah, you don't do anything for it. And they're like, what's up, Spark Plug? And you're like,
2: stop. Oh my gosh, it's crazy.
0: (laughs) If you're new to the show, my name is Krista and this is Lindsay. We've been doing this for about seven years now. We also coach and work with podcasters. We have a membership where we support people in their conscious evolution through coaching. Through some of the people that we bring on, some of the amazing workshops that we host. And it's such an incredible space to connect in community. We do live events. We have our amazing social media accounts. We have our courses and programs. It is a whole universe over here at almost 30, but we're really grateful that you're here. Today, we have an incredible episode. This is all about blood glucose. We're going to be talking about metabolism, we're going to be talking about the gut. We're going to be talking about probiotics. We're going to be talking about a lot of things that connect to our overall health and wellness with the founder of Pendulum, which is a brand that I love. I really, really love their glucose control supplement. I love their metabolic daily. They just have a really great ethos and are super well-researched. All the information that they share about all of their products and about all the ways in which they support people, you can find on their website. I love to peruse and see kind of what they're up to. So we interviewed Colleen Cutcliffe. She's the co-founder of Pendulum. She's also the CEO, and she has more than 25 years of experience leading and managing biology teams in academia and pharmaceuticals and biotechnology. And prior to starting Pendulum, she was the senior manager of biology at Pacific Biosciences and a scientist at Elon Pharmaceuticals. So she is super well-researched. She's super well-educated. And I really loved getting deep with her on the science of a lot of topics that I feel like are in the zeitgeist and the health and wellness space and really understanding it from a very deep level that is easy to apply to our lives today.
1: Mm-hmm. And I think now more than ever, we're getting hip to this idea of, you know, our individual health and biology and what works for us might not work for other people. But I do feel like gut health is one that everyone can absolutely afford to invest in and really take time to optimize because we are living in a time where like, we're not quite sure what's in our foods. Antibiotics are stripping our microbiome, or maybe it was stripped when we were younger and we were on antibiotics. Just so many factors can affect our gut health and so many aspects of our health are affected by gut health. So This is one that I will never get tired of learning about and really making an effort to make the best that it can be. And yeah, like you, I love their metabolic daily supplement. I was taking it before pregnancy and I'm really excited to start after. And this really helped me to avoid those. Like I was experiencing these afternoon crashes. I'm not a napper, but I was like, dude, what is happening? Like I would just totally crash after having a lunch and not realizing that even there weren't a lot of like sugary things in my lunch but there was this imbalance in my gut and then I would get cravings I'd like want a fucking chocolate cake you know and like it was just a little something was off and when I started taking metabolic daily everything just like evened out like I had sustained energy I didn't have those intense cravings so it was awesome yeah
0: yeah I love the glucose control. So we've had a few different episodes and conversations about glucose, some of which we've had with our friend, Jessie, Glucose Goddess, and she helped me really understand the power of glucose. Also working with Levels, a continuous glucose monitor to see how foods affect me. I think what's so fascinating is that even foods that I think are healthy and have spiked my blood glucose in a way that's actually made me crash. So I have some frozen foods that I eat that are essentially vegetables, but like get almost processed like starches by my body. And I would have a crash after I would have them because I would realize it would be so much like starch and carbs, but then no protein or fats with it. So it would cause this like blood glucose crash. So it's really helped me to be more mindful about how I'm eating food and then to dress it up, like Jesse says, to add a protein or fat to the foods that we're eating so that we have less of a post-meal slump. We have a more even blood glucose level, which I can see through my levels. And also using levels to verify the ways in which the glucose control by Pendulum has helped my body reduce its blood sugar and then really just support an even energy through the day. And it's interesting because Pendulum's products, all of their products, whether it's the metabolism daily or glucose control, or their probiotics that they have are actually strains of probiotics that support our bodies in these specific ways. So it's using the power of the gut and the power of these systems in our body that actually already exist to support us in having a better outcome, which I really, really love.
1: Mm -hmm. And what I also love about Pendulum and just Colleen's mission is just constant innovation. You know, I think like probiotics, that space like in gut health can kind of hit a stagnancy, but they are always like so deep in research and the science. Pendulum is like the only place you can get this very specific anaerobic strain of probiotic, which is Akkermansia. So she talks about that and why it's super powerful and potent and how they get it. So I just really respect that because I feel like in some spaces people do a certain amount of research for their product and then they kind of stop but they're
0: always wanting to improve upon their products. Yeah. And I know Dr. Hyman and Dr. Gundry really love the, that product in particular and have really found it to be super valuable. So 20% off using code almost 30 at pendulumlife.com. That's P-E-N-D-U-L-U-M-L-I-F-E.com. So that's pendulumlife.com. And you can use code almost 30 for 20% off any of their products. Thank you so much for listening to almost 30. We have a ton
1: of other health episodes. As you know, we kind of cover so much on the podcast from spirituality to relationships, but our health episodes, I mean, y'all love. So definitely check out other episodes on gut health as well, like Jesse Glucose Goddess on blood sugar levels, Kelly Levesque and more, but this one is definitely going to be one that you want to save with Colleen and share with friends. Be sure you're subscribed. We have new episodes every single week. And if you want to learn more about Almost 30, you can go to almost30.com. We have courses and programs like the Life Edit and Sacredness of Being Single and the Invitation, which is a breakup workshop. And we have our membership, a place where you can come just as you are, and we will support you on your path of personal development through workshops and live hangs and various
0: resources as well as the community. We love you guys. Thank you so much to Colleen. Thank you to Pendulum. I hope you enjoy this one. I know you'll send it to friends because there's so much information here that's helpful. Thank you for being a part of our community, and we'll see you on the other side.
1: Bye. it was a 7 minute really vibey writing activation that I love so I had my journal out. Um yesterday I did a pep talk uh about tackling procrastination. There's a part of me that procrastinates quite a bit. So I'm just I love this. I love this. There's going to be an activation for you for this moment, for this day. Uh it's incredibly supportive. So
0: It is about the perception of probiotics that they don't work. There's this perception, I think, in the marketplace that there's so many, that there's so many options that they're all kind of doing the same thing. I think there can be really high-quality ones. There can be low-quality ones. And I think people are a little confused. They're like, why aren't they working? Why isn't it doing for me what it says it's going to do? And so even when Peter says that, you know, yours is the one that works, what do you think it is about yours that's so different from everyone else's?
2: Well, I think – to start with why the probiotics industry has such a bad yeah. rap, I think it's a few things. The first is that here in the U.S., the FDA has decided that they're not going to get involved in claims regarding probiotics and supplements. So if you want something to be FDA approved, it it has to be a drug. They do The FDA does not approve any supplements. And so that means you don't really have a regulatory body that's a third party that's objective that's going to decide is this real or not. So that's, you know, a number one reason to be skeptical of the industry. The number two reason is that it's a super low barrier to entry. You can buy probiotic ingredients from anywhere around the world, China, India, sometimes the US, they're more expensive. And you can just slap them into a pill, throw your label on it and sell it. So anybody can sell a probiotic and they don't have to have any standards around quality control, what probiotics they're actually putting in there, is there truth on the label? And because there's no regulatory body to kind of come in and oversee all of these and proactively take things off that are mismarketing, you get a lot of junk on the shelves. And so that's another reason to be skeptical. And there was a publication that came out, I think the New York Times did a profile on it, where they basically took a bunch of probiotics off of the shelves of CVS, and they looked at what was in each of the probiotics, and they found that something like 80% of the probiotics didn't have what they said that they had, and they didn't have it at the CFUs that they had claimed. And so it's natural that we're all a little bit skeptical of these shelves and shelves of things which anybody can enter the market on, and there doesn't appear to be any real oversight on what's happening. So I think for us at Pendulum, we really approach this in a, in a super different way. We didn't set out to be a probiotics company. We were actually really trying to capitalize on the science of the microbiome, which is really the study of all the different bugs that are in your gut and on you, and Really getting outside of the strains that are already known and saying, if I approach the problem rather than taking these strains that are already known and figuring out how I can apply them, what if I go in with a totally blank slate and I say, let me look at what are the strains that are in our bodies? What role do they play in different functions in our body? And then how can I make a product out of that? And what emerged from that are strains and formulations that you can't find anywhere else that ended up being super hard to actually grow and manufacture. And we have clinical trials to back them up. And so, We end up having a really different category of probiotics that are supported by doctors and healthcare practitioners, and then also really delivering on kind of a different promise to consumers than what's out there right now. Yeah, with the strains, so
0: the normal strains that are on the market, you mentioned before we got on that there's normally two. And then you, with Pendulum, you have very specific strains that are generated from strains that already exist in our gut microbiome. The strains that are in other probiotics that are popular, can you explain those two strains? And are those naturally found in our body or not?
2: Sure. If you start to look at the labels of probiotics, you'll start to see a pattern. And that pattern is that all of the products really start with either lactobacillus or bifidobacterium. And those are two species that pretty much every product is just some iteration of those two. They are naturally found in our bodies. They are quite easy to grow. Is and that why they're in everyone? They're actually just really common strains that are in everybody. Okay. And some people are depleted in them. And so I don't want to say it's a complete hoax. There's <laughs> definitely people who are depleting in them. And, they, and probiotics definitely help people. But you're really, it, it's like if you, rather than having an entire tool shed, you're like, I have this one nail. And so I hope this nail is the thing that I need when I'm you know building or solving my problem or building my you know, next thing. And that's really the problem is the tools out there of just lactobacillus and bifidobacterium is not going to work for a lot of people. And that's why a lot of people try probiotic after probiotic after probiotic and none of them work. You're just, you got the same nail you're working with and that's not the tool you need. And I actually didn't even really know
0: that before we started talking that. And before I was actually watching some of your conversation with Dr. Hyman in talking about, some of the strains in our body and the fact that we need some of them. I actually didn't really realize that within the gut microbiome, you could be deficient in some of the strains that probiotics have, and that's how they could support you. So within the gut microbiome, how would one be either imbalanced or deficient in certain aspects or certain bugs or strains in the body?
2: Well, this is still sort of a new science in understanding, you know, how do we get these strains into our body? And then also, why do we sometimes lose them? But there's one strain in particular that's really started to emerge as sort of a keystone strain, and it's called acromancia. And we don't know how you first get acromancia. You're not born with it in your body. And it's been found in mother's breast milk. So the idea is that maybe you start to get some seeded from breast milk. But it has never been found in any food, beverage, anything that we would consume. And so it's really unclear how do we actually get acromancy. Nowhere except mother's breast milk. milk. That's the only place that it's really been found, other than inside people's gut microbiome. So you're like, how did it get into our guts? It's there. And not only- And then how does mother make it? And how does mother make it? And it's there in really large amounts. So somewhere between up to 5% of somebody's gut can be this one strain. And so what's happened is that people have started to observe that there are a lot of diseases- where um, people are depleted in this strain. So ranging from obesity to diabetes to GI issues to even neurological disorders like Parkinson's, people are depleted in this strain. And so there's really been a lot of investigation to, well, what is this strain? What is it doing? And what it's doing is it's playing a really pivotal role in your gut lining. So just to take one step back about the gut lining, the gut lining is sort of like a, a fence. I Actually, I have a wooden fence in my backyard, and it has these planks that are held together by glue. And when I first moved into my house, the fence was amazing. It was the planks were brand new. The glue was really strong. But what can happen over time and through seasons and wear and tear is that that glue can start to get stripped. Those planks can start to fall. And your gut lining is exactly the same. You literally have these planks, and they're held together by glue, which is called mucin. And acromantia is the only strain that is known that all day and all night, it's only the only strain that's known to actually live at the gut lining. And all day and all night, all it does is it strips away the old glue and puts new glue up and keeps this these planks strong and keeps your gut lining strong. And what happens is when you're depleted in acromancia, you don't have that strong gut lining. So all of these things inside your gut can leak out into your bloodstream. That causes heightened inflammation, heightened irregular immune responses it causes a misregulation of metabolism. And so it's just this super important structural part of the gut lining. And that ends up being one of the most important strains that we can have. And we lose it over time as we age. For us women, as we go through menstrual cycles, when you go through periods of stress, it causes it to be depleted. When your circadian rhythm changes, when you travel and day becomes night and night becomes day, you get depleted. So there are all these things that are just part of living that can cause you to become depleted in acromancia, and then your gut lining isn't strong, and then you have all these outcomes and problems that are associated with it. Wow. And is Pendulum the first product to have acromancia in it? We're the only company in the world that has figured out how to manufacture this and get it into a pill and deliver it to people and have actual clinical outcomes from it. Wow.
0: Wow. I was thinking when you were talking, so my dad has Parkinson's, and there's just so much in his the generation, I don't even, we don't even need to go far on it, but within his generation, I find it so interesting because there's so much new research that's emerging about things like Parkinson's that I'm like, oh my gosh, we need to try this right away. And I'm like, I wish that generation was a little more open, I think, than our generation is to to getting these things. So if someone doesn't have acromancia, enough acromancia, would they get SIBO? They'd have inflammation. Like what sort of symptoms could they look for to know that they might need acromantia in a supplement.
2: So you could have things as sort of straightforward as GI distress. So GI used to be able to eat this food, and now I can't eat it anymore. It really upsets my stomach. Heightened inflammation, to your point, you know, you're not really sure what's causing this. And then even metabolism issues. So if you are starting to gain weight, if you are on the spectrum of prediabetes, type 2 diabetes, and all the things associated with not being able to regulate your sugar intake. So for all of us, when we eat anything that has sugar in it, which is pretty much everything, we get these glucose spikes in our bloodstream, and then our body clears it out, and then it goes away. And so you're kind of living in this world of glucose spikes, glucose, you know, lowering glucose spikes, sometimes glucose crashes, depending on how your body metabolizes it. And what acromancia is known to do is to help you reduce all of those spikes. And so you're actually not on this roller coaster all day long. And so you don't know what your blood glucose is unless you're wearing a monitor, but what you can feel when you're on those highs and lows is exactly these highs and lows. So if you've ever felt a sugar high, if you have the post-lunch slump, if you're not sleeping as well, if you're low energy, your workouts aren't as strong as they used to be, all of these are signals that your body isn't metabolizing sugar as effectively anymore. And that's where you can start to look to your gut as a new modality for improving all of those things.
0: Mm. Yeah. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Because I do understand there's a connection between our blood glucose and our gut, but can you explain the connection a little bit more? Because I think there's so many people that are so interested in understanding our glucose levels. Our dear friend, Jesse, a glucose goddess, I think really brought on that conversation to the scene and now it's just such an expansive topic. So can you talk more about the connection?
2: Sure. Yeah, she's great in helping us to understand the sequencing of food really matters. And and it really is the the microbiome that is metabolizing these foods. So if we kind of take a step back to understand what does our body naturally do when we eat foods with sugar in it, that can help us understand the role of the microbiome. Because it's not always obvious. You're like, how could my gut be helping my metabolism? But the fact is that everything that you eat is metabolized by your gut. I mean, you eat it, it literally goes to your gut. And one of the kind of most important things that we know we're supposed to have in our diet is fiber. We know we're supposed to be eating lots of fruits and vegetables. And the reason that that's important is because when we eat those fibers, we actually don't can't break those down. We don't have any enzymes to break those down. They're entirely broken down by our gut microbiome. And so if you don't have those bugs in your gut, the fiber is literally going right through you. You're not getting any benefits from it. And the, one of the key benefits of that fiber is when your gut digests it, it digests it into these short-chain fatty acids, specifically butyrate, and butyrate is known to stimulate GLP-1 production. So, many people may have been hearing about Ozempic mm-hmm. and, and those different GLP-1 drugs. Those are drugs meant to mimic GLP-1. GLP-1 is actually created by your gut microbiome. Wow! And so these gut. So what happens when you eat food is these bugs metabolize those fibers and those foods. They stimulate GLP-1. GLP-1 goes to stimulate insulin response, and that's actually how your body processes sugar that you eat. And so your natural body, when you eat, will stimulate GLP-1, and then that reduces your glucose. That gets the glucose out of your bloodstream. And so that's the importance of the gut microbiome. It's actually entirely in the gut. And so when you get depleted in these gut bugs, you're not getting that GLP-1 production, and that's what leads to these things like weight gain really bad food cravings and things like that. And so what we've discovered is that when you can give people back these strains that do that work, you can increase your GLP-1, you can lower your blood glucose spikes, you can lower A1C. 90% of our customers have reduced food cravings, and we know you get that with the GLP-1 drugs. And so it really, that, but your body actually can naturally do it. You just lose some of these strains over time.
0: Wow. So because Ozempic is a GLP-1 agonist, right? Which
2: means it increases GLP-1? It means it's a chemical meant to mimic. It's supposed to look like GLP-1. So it basically, so GLP-1 in your bloodstream is supposed to be up and down and up and down. So when you eat, you're supposed to get a spike in GLP-1 that signals to your body, we just ate something, let's get rid of the sugar in this bloodstream, and then it goes down. And then, so every time you eat, it spikes. The GLP-1 agonists are incredibly effective and potentially have negative side effects, because what they do is they look just like your GLP-1, but the way that they're delivered, you actually keep a really high GLP-1 level at all times. Got it. And so your body is constantly in this mode of like, oh my gosh, we, we have sugar, we have to get out of the bloodstream, we have sugar, we have to get out of the bloodstream. And so that's why it can cause a really dramatic, immediate impact on your body, because you're having it at really high levels. And then the downside is you're not really meant to have it at high levels totally. all the time, and so that's going to start to cause some problems downstream. Wow. Yeah. So whenever I hear GLP-1 now, I hear that and I'm like, okay,
0: what's the difference? Or like, what is the thing? If you were to take any probiotic, does it have to be strain specific the way that it would impact your blood sugar levels? Or is it specific strains like the strains that you have that support GLP-1?
2: It's the specific strains that support GLP-1. So in other words, there's actually only ever been one strain in the history of studies that has ever been shown to be able to increase GLP-1, and it's acromantia. So lactobacillus can't do it. Bifidobacterium can't do it. It really is these very specific strains.
0: Wow. And then how does the gut microbiome impact your metabolism? Because I know you guys have a really good metabolism product, too, that I love. So how did those work together?
2: So basically, the way that these strains work together is to metabolize your foods that help stimulate GLP-1. And what that does for your metabolism is it's just basically helping you metabolize sugars and carbs better. And so all of us would love to eat as many sugars and carbs as we'd like, but your body can't metabolize necessarily the amounts that you want. And what this does is it basically helps your body metabolize sugars and carbs better. And so that's how it's helping your your system.
0: Wow. So it basically could be like an alternative to oh, send Not i am said that, not you.
2: But <laughs> I mean... It could be taken on top of it too, which I think would sort of just help your body naturally increase its GLP-1 yep. levels. Yeah. And so I think there's something to kind of tackling it from multiple angles. Mm.
1: This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. Uh, oh, therapy, y'all. I don't know. I just, I don't know what I did before therapy, to be completely honest with you. I think I was kind of a mess, but you know, found it when I was meant to, but I have been going to therapy for about six years now, which is so crazy, so crazy, but it has changed my life and I will continue to invest in therapy for as long as I can. I feel like it has totally, totally made my relationships better, made my career I am a better mom. I am a better wife. I'm a better friend. I'm a better daughter and sister. Y'all, it's just the gift that keeps on giving. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It is entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you have to do, this is it. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. If you get matched and you're like, yeah, not quite a fit, they make it easy and it's free to change. But I've had a lot of friends try BetterHelp and love it. So I really, really encourage you to start therapy. It's been the best decision I've ever made for myself. Find more balance with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash almost 30 today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash almost 30.
0: When you originally went into this work, you know, you said you didn't originally go in to find and create a product with Acromantia in it, what was the original intention? Like, why did you move forward with something, doing research around the gut microbiome?
2: Yeah, the original idea was actually very open-ended. All we knew was that there's this new microbiome science that's emerging. And actually, if you go look at papers and and, and type in the word microbiome, you'll find that before 2005, there's like no papers. And then there's this exponential growth of papers. And the reason is because we've needed DNA sequencing technology in order to be able to survey all the different bugs in your microbiome. And so I was working at a DNA sequencing company, and we knew that there was a big application that was possible for the microbiome and that you could use DNA sequencing to figure out what are all the strains in the microbiome and what are they doing. And and we just believed that there were going to be all these new health opportunities and intervention opportunities that were unlocked by knowing what was even in your microbiome. And so we didn't know, is it going to be a probiotic? Is it going to be a prebiotic? Is it going to be a virus? Is it going to be a fungi? We didn't know what it was going to be. And we didn't know what disease we were going to be able to help out with. We just sort of thought, oh my gosh, this is a really cool new science. Somebody's going to make products out of it. And at the heart of it is you have to know how to use DNA sequencing technologies. And, and me and my two co-founders, we deeply knew how to do that. We were working at a DNA sequencing instrument company. And so that was sort of like the logical, the, the mm-hmm. brain part of why we wanted to start the company and the ability to kind of bring an entirely new organ almost to the system. But then on a personal level, as I started to learn more about the microbiome, I realized that for me, there was also an opportunity with regard to my daughter so my daughter was born a preemie, and in here in the U.S., when you're born prematurely, you're given multiple doses of antibiotics just as part of protocol, not because you have an infection, but you're just really fragile. And this study came out, and it's actually been replicated, showing that babies and now you know children that are on lots of antibiotics later on in life they're more susceptible to lots of things, including obesity, diabetes, allergies, asthma, celiac disease, ADHD. And so the study really opened up my eyes to how that early start to life where you take antibiotics and you completely kill all of the bacteria in your microbiome can set you up for a lifelong depletion of these strains and potentially these chronic illnesses. And so for me, there was like a very personal reason to try to solve the problem as well. Mm. Did she have any manifestations of some of the issues that she got from taking antibiotics? Well... I mean, when we started the company, she was five. And yes. so, <laughs> but, you know, definitely food sensitivities yeah. that the rest of us don't have. So do we, I wonder if
0: there's that correlation then, the increase of antibiotics has increased the amount of food sensitivities. Because if food sensitivities is related to the gut, there's so many more people with food sensitivities going around. What do you think is going on where people are more glucose intolerant, people have more celiac, people are more autoimmune, people have more food sensitivities?
2: Well, I think that's really where we're starting to understand that the microbiome is, we're doing a lot more than we, than just killing a bug when we take an antibiotic. And I think for some people, they've known that when they take antibiotics, they get GI distress or they don't quite feel right. But it hasn't really been studied or understood what are the side effects. You're really taking an antibiotic because you're trying to kill a bacteria overgrowth. And to be clear, I'm not an anti-antibiotiker. <laughs> like people should take <laughs> antibiotics. It's, it can save your life. But you shouldn't kind of overdo it. And when you are, you know, going on an antibiotic, I think it's important to talk to your healthcare provider about, you know, well, what are the side effects? How can I counter the kind of decimation of my gut that's about to happen here with this antibiotic? And so I think what we know is that there are these correlations between people who've taken a lot of antibiotics and then all of these issues that you brought up, food sensitivities, celiac disease, even things like allergies.
0: And so do we think it's like the antibiotic essentially is like killing bacteria because that's part of it. You kill the bad bacteria, right? The ones that you want to get rid of?
2: Well, actually, most of the antibiotics that we use today, we've gotten really good at making antibiotics. They're intended, they basically kill all of the bacteria. So when you start out before you've taken a a antibiotic, you have like a really diverse ecosystem of different bacteria that are doing lots of different things in your gut. Some of them helping to produce GLP-1. Some of them are helping to produce lactic acid and all these different things. When you take an antibiotic, basically almost everybody gets killed. Everybody gets wiped out. And it takes a little while, but you actually, your gut will get reconstituted over time. But the gut that you end up with after coming back of an antibiotic is not always the same as what you started out with. And actually, farmers for decades have known that if they give their cattle antibiotics, it causes them to gain weight. So they've been giving antibiotics to their cattle I to know. cause weight gain. And we now know that that's also true in people, that if you are on lots of antibiotics, you are more prone to obesity on the other side of that. And there's something about the gut bugs that reconstitute afterwards that cause you to you know, gain weight. And if we kind of step back into thinking about it from like a caveman sort of days, you can imagine actually it makes sense. If you're somebody who all of a sudden you have a depletion in all of your gut bugs, what would biology want you to do? It would want you to be somebody that needed to be able to gain weight more easily so that you could survive the next winter or survive the next difficult era. So all of our systems are designed to help us gain weight, even though from an industrial revolution standpoint, now we're all battling that. But really genetically and from a microbiome standpoint, being able to gain weight easily is a defense mechanism. It's intended to make you stronger. And so that's probably why we get this different microbiome on the other side. But we don't like that, we don't want that,
0: <laughs> so they feed antibiotics to cows to gain weight. I thought it was also too because they were just living in such poor conditions that they probably needed antibiotics as like a way they use to that too them. to
2: also help reduce infections, like yes. especially for ones that they're milking and things yes. like that. but they definitely use it for what? increasing the weight of the animals. Yeah.
0: Wow, I mean the stuff that we find out is just wild. When we're talking about weight gain and weight loss, obviously there's the antibiotic component, but what would be the gut microbiome's role
2: in weight gain or weight loss? It turns out it plays a pretty important role. So there was this really interesting study where they took these two women's microbiomes and they like put them into these mouse models. So they took the microbiome from an obese woman, they put it into a thin mouse, and that thin mouse became obese then they took the microbiome from this thin woman, put it into an obese mouse, and that obese mouse became thin. And then they took a microbiome from the thin mouse that got it from the thin woman, put it into the obese mouse that got it from the obese woman, and they saw that obese mouse become thin again. Basically, they were able to make mice skinnier fat just based on these microbiomes from these obese or thin women. And the really cool thing about that study is that these two women that they used these microbiomes from were identical twins. And so genetically, they were exactly the same. The only thing different about them was what was in their gut. And that's kind of environmental. It's based on diet. It's based on lifestyle and all these things. And so somehow these two genetically identical women had diverged in their gut, which caused one of them to be obese and one to be lean. And they could literally make these mice skinny and fat using their microbes. And so I don't think we fully unlocked all the different parts of this, but clearly you can change your weight and your metabolism through your microbiome.
0: Wow. How much does genetics play a role in your gut microbiome and how much does your lifestyle and your choices?
2: Oh my gosh, the age-old question. I
0: know. (laughs) Nature versus nurture, Nature versus nurture, yes.
2: (laughs) I don't think we know that. But what we do know is that, unlike your genes, you can change your microbiome. You change it all the time. First of all, as we talked about, when you take an antibiotic, you're completely decimating it and you're going to start over from scratch. But there's other things you can do too Um, when you do dietary changes. So if you go from being an omnivore to a vegetarian, Eight weeks later, you have like an entirely new microbiome. When you introduce new foods, I mean, many of us have traveled and experienced changing our microbiomes. Mm-hmm. So when you introduce new foods, new diets, all of those things can change your microbiome. So you, and then you can take probiotics, which will also affect and change your microbiome. And so this ecosystem, or almost like this garden that's living inside of you, can be changed in in very proactive ways. And so unlike your genes, you can change your microbiome to change your metabolism.
0: And how would you do that if you were doing lifestyle? What are some amazing lifestyle ways that people can support their gut microbiome and being healthy?
2: So some of them, I think we we know. So you know, eating a high fiber diet. Another really great way to help feed, in particular, acromancia, is high polyphenol foods. So anything high in polyphenols: blueberries, blueberries cranberries, pomegranates, yeah. dark chocolate, red wine. Check These check. Are all <laughs> very important to consume for their polyphenols. Yes. Green tea. And so all of those things have polyphenols in them. They what help. are polyphenols? And polyphenols are basically a prebiotic. So prebiotics are the food that feed probiotics, which are the bacteria. And then the bacteria create postbiotics, which are like butyrate. So there's this whole new Chain. vocabulary around yeah. <laughs> all of that. But prebiotics are essentially the you know the food for certain strains. And then of course you can take specific probiotics that help you get those bugs that help you with the metabolism. Wow. And
0: the butyrate is post, a postbiotic then? It's a,
2: it's a postbiotic. It's what's made by the bacteria.
0: Okay. And would that be, so it's made by the bacteria. Is it something different than making another strain? Like would a strain in your body, in the gut, create more of that strain? Or does it create some other chemical result when it's working in your gut microbiome?
2: There are strains that specifically produce butyrate. So when they eat their food, mm-hmm. that's what they give off butyrate. Wow.
0: Okay. Okay. So we have the acromancia, which is the probiotic, which is the very specific strain that you all discovered that is necessary in our body. Then there's the glucose. And then there is the metabolism. What else? What's the new product?
2: Well, Metabolic Daily, I should say we started, our flagship product was Pendulum Glucose Control, and it has acromancia in it, but it also has four other strains that help to produce this butyrate. And that is was designed for people with type 2 diabetes to help them lower their A1c and blood glucose spikes, it's been clinically published and shown that in a placebo-controlled, double-blinded, randomized trial, that it does lower A1C in blood glucose spikes. And so that's really kind of the product for people with type 2 diabetes. And then we sell Acromancia as a single strain. So if you're just like, I just think I need to boost my gut lining and I just need, you know, Acromancia, that's what that's for. And then in January of this year, we started selling Metabolic Daily. And Metabolic Daily is the exact same formulation as Pendulum Glucose Control but at a lower dose. And so it's really for anybody who's trying to metabolize their sugars and carbs better. So you don't have to have type 2 diabetes and you're just somebody who's trying to improve the way your body's metabolizing sugars and carbs. It has acromancia in it, plus those other strains that produce butyrate. And you're basically giving yourself this cocktail of these strains that you can't really find anywhere else that are gonna help you boost your metabolism. And if you pair that with a high fiber, high polyphenol diet, you're really gonna see an immediate impact.
0: Mm, yeah I love the metabolic daily it's you feel so much better it's just amazing but is there a new there's new products for easing gut what's the
2: Well we also sell butyricum that's a, butyricum, another one of yes. the single strains that's yes. in that's also in metabolic daily and glucose control And we sell that as an individual strain as well because some people are really trying to solve a very specific GI problem and to be honest you know people approach their health in different ways some people want to take a cocktail of different things and sort of you know, hit, hit it with all the power that I can give it, the kitchen sink. And if that doesn't work, well, then gee, that thing was never going to work. And some people like to take a much more minimalist approach where they want to introduce one strain and then maybe add on another and then build up. And so what we're doing is giving people the tools to tackle the problem in the ways in which they want to tackle.
0: What is some new research that's really exciting that you've read? What is some new exciting research in the space that you're like, this is very interesting?
2: I think one of the things that I think is the most interesting is around the gut-skin axis. So most every product I've ever used for my skin has been a topical. It's something I put on my skin. Even though we know that there's some underlying inflammatory issue that often leads to bad skin, there's never been anybody who understood or any product that could really help that. There's a lot of products that sort of tout beauty from within and things like that, but one of the most interesting things that's emerging around the gut microbiome is that there are certain strains, certain gut bugs that can reduce inflammation and so of the skin it can reduce inflammation in your body which then results in better skin and so there have been some early studies showing that if you were able to give people these particular strains that it can help resolve acne, rosacea atopic dermatitis it's super interesting and, and I'll add to that hyaluronic acid, which is an ingredient which is in a lot of topicals, has recently been shown in a bunch of papers that if you ingest it, it can actually help improve your skin from the inside. And it's through interacting with the microbiome, it basically enhances the growth of these strains that are involved in the inflammatory response. And so I think as we kind of look to the future, we are really going to be able to tackle it from within and really have these probiotics that can help with the skin. And That's pretty amazing to be able to tackle it from both the outside and the inside for real.
0: I've always felt like it was all inside. You know, that's like extreme, but I've just always felt like for me, it's never been about a 12-step skincare routine. It's always been about what you're eating and how good you're feeling. But if we think about – because Accutane just destroys your gut, Right.
2: Yeah. I mean, there are all these, it's sort of like antibiotics. There are all these things that, uh, you know, have these side effects. But, you know, I I think to your point, I think many of us know that when we eat poorly, it shows up on our skin. And there's big hormonal driving factors too on the skin. So I don't want to dismiss that either. But, you know, the microbiome also does play a role in hormones. And so when I think about the skin, somebody once described to me this way, which is, you know, like you're driving your car and the check engine light comes on. And you just like, you just put a piece of tape over that. And you're like, well, I solved that problem rather than actually checking the engine. And so we do that with our skin. We just kind of cover up the, you know, the blemish and Mm -hmm. we're not actually getting under the hood and fixing the engine. Fixing the actual problem. Yeah. Yeah, What is the connection between hormones and the gut microbiome?
0: Because so many women of our community are going through their own hormone journey, whether they're getting off birth control, they're postpartum, they want to get pregnant, you know, their fertility issues. What's the connection there?
2: It's super early science, and I think there's going to be a lot more to be discovered. But there have been some papers showing that the amount of estrogen that you have in your bloodstream can be modulated by your gut. So basically, in different times of our cycle, we have more or less estrogen. And one of the ways in which your body kind of gets rid of uh, free estrogen is by your, there are certain strains in your gut that can tag estrogen and when it tags that estrogen, it tags it to basically for you to pee it out. Right. <laughs> like, no more. Too much. No more. Yeah, no more too much. And and so by modulating how much of that gut bug you have, you can actually change the amount of free estrogen that you have in your body. And when women go through menopause, we know you get this big depletion in estrogen. And it turns out that those bugs actually start to increase in your gut. And so I think it's super early. and And of course, studies around... Menstrual cycle, estrogen, progesterone, all those things are really, really early and there's a lot more to be learned. But I think that most of us who've gone through menstrual cycle have experienced things like bloating, food cravings, things like that, that are related to the microbiome. So it's all starting to, I think, show itself here. And then good the thing too is around pregnancy. A lot of women don't know, and I didn't know this when I went through my first pregnancy pregnancy. You can be somebody who's totally healthy and then get what's called gestational diabetes, which is basically a form of diabetes that happens when you're pregnant. And of course, when you're pregnant, all your hormones are out of whack. Your body's all messed up. Everything's all changing. And so one of the things that can happen is the way your body metabolizes sugars gets really messed up. And so while you're pregnant, you can get gestational diabetes. And after that, you have like a 20% chance of actually getting diabetes, after you've had gestational diabetes. So it's a pretty serious mm-hmm. correlation and, and an issue. And when you're pregnant, the last thing you want to do is to start going on drugs. Of course. And so a lot of the things that you can be doing to kind of prepare your body as you're going into pregnancy should be related around how do I help my body metabolize sugars better. And then, as I mentioned, ackermansia can be found in mother's breast milk. We don't know how it gets there. But we do know that your body starts producing breast milk, like within the first few weeks of being pregnant, like that whole process starts to kick in. And so I think thinking about your gut health before and during and after pregnancy are super important. Yeah. And
0: it also, I mean, as you know, impacts your mental health, impacts like every aspect of your life. It's so fascinating. It's so beautiful because it's such a part of nature. You know what I mean? It's like the ecosystem of our body where it just relates to everything. How would you say the gut and the brain interact with one another?
2: Yeah, the gut-brain axis is another really fascinating place of study. So you mentioned Parkinson's disease. I actually started my career in a pharmaceutical company developing drugs for Parkinson's disease. And one of the hallmarks of Parkinson's disease is you start to get these plaques in your brain. They're, They're actually these dark plaques show up in your brain And when we were working on Parkinson's and all the drugs that are out there that are helping with Parkinson's, we're really focused on those plaques in the brain. And how do you get rid of those plaques and try to like rejuvenate the brain to to slow the progression of Parkinson's? And what I learned over the last few years is actually fascinating. So number one, you don't just have neurons in your brain, you actually have neurons in your gut. Number two, the neurons in your brain think we all know you get what you get. If you drink, they die. You don't get them back. They're done. But the neurons in your gut are not like that. They're constantly regenerating. You're always getting new neurons. And then the third thing is that the neurons in your gut and the neurons in your brain talk to each other. So your gut actually produces a ton of serotonin, dopamine, GABA, and all of those neurotransmitters actually go to your brain. So you have neurons in your gut. They're constantly regenerating. They're talking to the neurons in your brain. And then the fourth kind of most fascinating thing is that these plaques that show up in the neurons in the brain associated with Parkinson's and actually also Alzheimer's, they first show up in your gut neurons. So you see those plaques show up in the gut neurons first, and then the idea is like there must be some misfiring that's sending it to the brain. And so now scientists are really focused on the gut neurons as a way to treat Parkinson's and Alzheimer's. And so it's super fascinating. Wow. Yeah, I've definitely thought just
0: within the experience I've been having with my dad, that there's definitely a correlation to diet and the way that, you know, the lifestyle around it. Obviously there's other factors and components, but there's a health aspect that's like very apparent to me just in the way that he eats and the way that he kind of takes care of it. But yeah, that's fascinating. I'm so grateful for the new research that's coming out around that kind of stuff. I'm excited to see what happens to it and where we can go. And for you and Pendulum, you know, where are you excited to go in the next couple of years? Like what are you looking forward to doing as the company just grows and as you make impact with like products that are really, really innovative and incredible?
2: Thank you. I think our biggest challenge right now is how do we build awareness for these products? Nobody is saying, What probiotic should I take for my obesity? or what probiotic should I take for my glucose control? And it's because it's not something that any of us has really thought about before. And so I think for us, the big challenge is how do we educate people? How do we, thank you for hosting this podcast, Mm -hmm. but how do we get that word out there that actually your metabolism and your gut, there is this gut metabolism axis and you can alter your own metabolism by working on your gut. And so I think getting that awareness out there and that education out there and trying to help people see what does it mean to have a healthy metabolism through a healthy gut? It means you have more energy. It means you have better workouts. It means you don't have the post-lunch slump. All of these things kind of come out of being able to metabolize glucose better. If you wear a continuous glucose monitor, then you'll get the real hard data to be able to see it for yourself. So for us, it's really how do we build awareness? How do we help educate people and bring them to know that they can alter their own metabolism through their gut? And then on the R&D side of our house, we are exploring all these things we talked about. We're looking at skin. We're looking at gut-brain. We're looking at all of these additional metabolism cardiovascular things. And so we're just continuing to explore and learn where can we have impact on the body through the gut. That must be fun. It's really kind of interesting because I don't know if you remember, but I definitely remember when there was sort of this total revelation around exercise where people realized that if you had a really strong core, you could basically do anything. So it was all about having a really strong core. Then all of us are doing all these exercises and we continue to do them to have a really strong core so that we can do anything and be anybody we want to be. But actually in your body, it's the same. And the gut Mm -hmm. microbiome is your core. It's literally in the middle of your body. And it is touching all of the systems in your body. And so if you can have a strong gut, you're actually going to be helping all these other things in your body. And I think that's what we're starting to realize. There's a real aha happening right now in science and medicine. And we're just excited to be a part of it. And sometimes with all the
0: levers that you can pull and all the things, it's like, okay, I have to worry about my glucose. I have to worry about my metabolism. It's like if you go to one spot and you just focus on having a healthy gut, then it's really like your one-stop shop for supporting your entire body, supporting your mental health, supporting your emotional health. It's it's so important.
2: Exactly. All these systems are tied together. I mean, we all know like when it falls apart, it feels like everything falls apart. You're gaining weight. Yep. You're not sleeping. Your, Losing your hair. mental health yeah. isn't good. Your hair is terrible. Your yep. skin's... So, I mean, I think they're, they're all connected and we haven't really totally understood how. And now we're starting to see some light around that. Which is powerful. Well,
0: I'm excited for everyone to get it. It's so good. And it's PendulumLife.com. We have a code almost 30 for 20% off. You can get 20% off your first month of any of the products, which is really exciting. I obviously love the metabolism one. I love the glucose one. And I need to take the acromancia. I want to try that one.
2: Yeah. We also are selling now polyphenols. We handpick the polyphenols that work with our Acromancia, And so we actually have a lot of people saying like, oh, I was taking the product And then when I added the polyphenol on, it just really supercharged. So we'll get you some of that too. Yes. I
0: love like when you can do, I love those like little natural things because it's like polyphenols would naturally be in something and now it's just supporting something else that's natural. So thank you so much for coming. This has been so informative. I love just digging into new research and learning about different aspects of the microbiome that I didn't even really know. And we're just really grateful to have you and to work with you. And we'll see you guys soon. Okay. Bye-bye. So you can go to PendulumLife.com, that's P-E-N-D-U-L-U-M-Life.com and use code ALMOST30 for 20% off your first month of any Pendulum product membership. So the products only work best when you take them over time. That's what I found with any supplements. So it's really helpful that we get that membership going and you can use the code ALMOST30 for 20% off. Thank you to Colleen for joining us. It was truly a pleasure. We're really grateful to be working with you. And thank you for listening to the show. Thank you for sending these to a friend to spark conversation, to be more connected to the people that you love and to just generate buzz around topics that are going to be impactful for people's health that improve all areas of their life. And thank you to our other sponsors for this episode. You can find all discount
1: information in our show notes or on almost30.com where we have all the discounts for all of our partners. And we appreciate you. Thank you for being here. We do not take for granted your listenership. If you love the show, please take a moment and write a review. It really helps us out. It helps us to spread the word about Almost 30 and be seen by more people who need this type of resource and support. We will see you on the next one. We love you guys.